0: Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive, dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth-yet-spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now let's join Pastor Mike. So here we go if you have your Bible this morning turn over to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 we're going to use this as our base scripture for this series and it comes from son of David King Solomon who was the greatest what's the point person I've ever read in scripture. (laughs) He was not afraid to ask the question, what's the point? What's the point? What is the point? We know that life is meant to be lived to the full, don't we? We know that God, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but sometimes if, like the songwriter, we're just being honest, sometimes the stress, the disappointment, the relentless responsibility of overcoming obstacles, the getting beside uh, getting bes- beside myself and, and and encouraging myself in the Lord and uh telling myself i 'm going to overcome no matter what comes, telling myself it 's not about the circumstances it 's all about him. sometimes when I go through those things, it gets discouraging it gets discouraging at least the enemy wants us to be exhausted with doing those things. Life has its ups and downs for sure. Sometimes we find ourselves in that cycle of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. We hear God has a purpose for your life, but to hear it and to live it out are two different things. Let's take a deeper look at that purpose that God has for us Let's understand how we overcome these mental challenges that life presents and discover how that the word of God can help us get past the questioning. I don't believe it's a sin to question because God has big shoulders. God is not a God that says, don't ever question me. In fact, God is a God that says, seek my face while I may be found. And that includes asking questions. But we want to move past the doubt and move forward onto fulfilling our purpose. Solomon had this question. He said, the words of the preacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem, he said, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, vanity, all is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? He said, one generation passes away, another generation comes but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, they return again. All things are full of labor, Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. You know, verses 2 and 3 in the Living Bible say, says this, it puts it this way. He says, in my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Isn't that something coming from a king appointed by God? In my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile. For what does a man get for all his hard work? Generations come and go but it makes no difference. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever felt that way? Not that you don't believe in God, not that you refuse to be saved, not that you don't love the word of God or prayer or worship, but there comes times when there are just so many things on our shoulder and we ask the question, Lord, talk to me. What is the point? And I believe if I could summarize King Solomon's opening statement here in the book of Ecclesiastes, we could say he's asking the question, what's the point? What's the point? So we're going to be exploring this question even over the next number of weeks, talking about what's the point? What's the point of grace? What's the point of faith? What's the point of church? In this first message here, we're going to talk and take a look at, talk about what is the point of prayer? What's the point of prayer? Still have your Bibles, flip over to Matthew chapter 21. What is the point? What is the point of prayer? Why do we pray? Why do we pray? Matthew 21, looking at verse 12, the Bible says Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple now watch this he says it says and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves and he said to them it is written my house shall be called a house of what prayer but you have made it a den of thieves my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves here in my estimation, I see Jesus in a light that I haven't seen him throughout all of the Gospels. I mean, Jesus is the Lamb of God. God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus is gentle. He's humble. Jesus is loving. He is a healer. He, he, he got down in the dirt with the woman caught in adultery and spoke to her. He wrote on the ground and he talked to her and he said, woman, where are your accusers? This is the gentle Jesus that I know. He sat by the well and he talked to the woman who said, I had five husbands before and I'm with a man now who's not my husband. He didn't down her, he didn't cast her out, he didn't talk about her, but he welcomed her into the, that's the Jesus that I know, but this Jesus is very different. This Jesus went with anger into the temple. And he drove out money changers. He said, get out of here. My father's house will be a house of prayer. And I don't know if you remember this or not, or even if you knew this or not, but this is not the first time Jesus did this. I thought for years that this was the only time that Jesus drove people out of the temple. If you go over to the book of John, look in chapter 2, you'll find that right after... The very first sign that he did, which was turning water into wine, the Bible says that him, his mother, his brothers, disciples, they went down to Capernaum and then on to Jerusalem and he went into the temple right after. Now this, this what I just read, this is right not long before he goes to the cross. This is toward the end. But right at the beginning of his ministry, and the first time, not only did he drive him out, but it says he made a whip of cords and began to drive him out. And he said, get out of here because my father's house is a house of prayer. It is a house of prayer and you have made it a den of thieves. A den of thieves. I don't know that I've seen Jesus more indignant than when he talked about how the temple of god is a house of prayer now we know that there is nothing especially holy about the stone about the wood hay stubble that makes up this building nothing especially holy about it in fact we all walk out of here it's just a building you might think it's a a a holy sanctuary but you know what the presence of god is not necessarily just in here, but it is when we bring it in because God now lives in you and me. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's King James for you. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so now when we say, we need to drive the money changers out of the temple and say listen my house is a house of prayer my house is a house of prayer it's this house it's this house that's a house of prayer you know it's interesting to me as indignant as jesus was this is what he says about his father's house preaching yes love it we gotta have it singing worshiping in song absolutely so command we must do it but jesus didn't say my house will be a house of preaching he didn't say that my house will be a house of uh, singing though we know singing will go on he said that my house will be a house of what prayer we want change it's got to be prayer Teaching is going to go so far. We need teaching. We need it. We absolutely need it. Preaching will inspire us. It will inspire us to change. Worshiping in song will bring tears and emotion that will well up in us and cause us and drive us to, to want to be closer to God. But the only thing that changes things is prayer. My house will be a house of prayer. 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 And so what is prayer? We know what prayer is. Prayer is communication with God. I mean, it's, it's that simple. It's, it's offered by us. It may include petition. Prayer is not just petition. <laughs> Entreaty. It may include supplication. Many people, many people confuse supplication itself with prayer, but supplication is a form of prayer. It's part of prayer. Prayer also includes thanksgiving, praise hymns, lament, all of those things are included in prayer. Prayer, to address God with supplication, adoration, confession, and thanksgiving. It means to make a request in a very humble manner. I'm going, because though though I am a friend of God, we sing that song, I am a friend of God. Though I am a friend of God, he's still the almighty God. And when we go before the throne, we must remember that he is the almighty God. That's the reason for the humility. We must be humble when we go before him. So what is it? Prayer is simply a two-way communication between a person or people and God. Notice that two-way communication. Not just supplications. Not just requests not just letting god know everything i need him to do i need you to do this god so my family's not saved i need you to save them i need you to do this god there's some bills that are coming up and i need you you're my provider so i need you to provide bring it on it's not just supplications but it's a two-way communication between you and god corporate prayer between us and god two-way communication now, when I was looking at really what prayer is, and I began to, to, to just look and see what people thought about prayer, who prayed, and how do we pray, and, 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 and what do people think about prayer, I discovered some things that kind of surprised me. I discovered that many people pray that aren't Christians. There are people that pray that don't even believe in God. Did you know that? Because they don't look at it as a two-way communication between me and God. It's just some, it's a positive thing that really pumps me up and it makes me feel better. And so there are many opponents of prayer. Atheists, discouraged unbelievers who've experienced unanswered prayer. They're opponents of prayer sometimes. Agnostics who have a need for control and they just simply won't risk vulnerability. Opponents of prayer. But really when you look at it, the unbelievers problem with prayer in a way is understandable when you think about it and when you consider how they view prayer, how you view prayer, I see why that you, you, you think it's a waste of time because they believe that it's just a plea in a desperate situation for someone to change their circumstances. My circumstances are bad, so let me pray. It's just a desperate plea. That's all it is. It's a last resort. Come on, when a person has nowhere else to turn, then that's, that's all that prayer is. That's how they look at it. It's a first resort for lazy people. I don't want to do the work, so I'll just pray. You do it, God. I'm talking about how they how people view prayer. It's a magical, mystical way to solve your problems. It's a powerful Uh, placebo you know what that is pills that really don't have medicine in it but it just makes you think that there's medication in there and all of a sudden you start feeling better yeah that's the way people think prayer is that's what they think prayer is but Jesus when he drove out the money changers he said my house will be a house of prayer My house will be a house of prayer. It will be a house of prayer. Do you know when all of these money changers and all of these people uh, were in the temple, you know, it's not like they were uh, Romans or unbelievers. They actually had a right to be in the temple. I mean, you couldn't get doves to sacrifice. You had to get the doves to sacrifice from somewhere. But what happens is all of a sudden now they're in the temple They're buying, I mean, they're selling, and they're taking advantage of people. They're using it to make a buck. They're taking advantage of people. In the temple, they're taking advantage of people. In the research, I found that there were people who wanted to go from one place to another to do business, and instead of going all the way around, they just went right through the temple court. They took a shortcut to make a buck through the temple. They took a shortcut. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. Do we understand that Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God told the Israelites in the Old Testament, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll put you above and never again beneath. God's desire for us is not that of uh, downtrodden poverty. It is not that but it's not a magical, mystical thing either. He wants a relationship with us. Come into my house. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I go there to make a place for you. Come into my house. Sup with me. Dine with me. Okay, I'll come over to your house. I'll knock. Receive me into your house that I might come and dine with you and sup with you. Don't take a shortcut through the temple. Talk to Jesus. Talk to him. One of the things that discourages us is we feel that prayer is not effective. We pray. God's going to do what he wants to do anyway. Why should I pray? What's the point of prayer? If that's our thought, then we truly don't understand the point of prayer. I mean, why should I communicate with my wife? She's going to do what she wants to do anyway. Why would she talk to me? I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Come on. Does that prevent us from talking? In fact, I probably shouldn't say this from the pulpit, but I'm going to say it. I know she's saying don't do it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. My wife, every morning, prays. Every morning. As long as I've known her, I think you missed one in 2017. You might've missed the morning, but the reason we're together today is because she prays. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest with you and I can be vulnerable and transparent, the reason we're together today is because she prays for me. The reason why I'm standing up here is because her and others pray. Prayer. The reason I'm alive today is because my grandmother prayed. Come on. Prayer changes things. It's about relationship. And I'm prefacing what I'm about to say with that because I want you to understand that's the bottom line. That's the foundation. But let let me just give you 12 keys to effective prayer. And I didn't want to throw that out there because I don't want you to think that Prayer is simply uh, some sort of formula. He knows it. He knows prayer is not just a formula. That's why he's coming to the altar. Prayer is not just a formula. We know that. But out of scripture, let me just give you 12 keys real quick that will allow you to understand what prayer is. First of all, prayer is a command of God. So if you believe in God, then there's no way of getting around. I don't care what you think about prayer. I don't care if you think it works or it doesn't work. I don't care if you think it's silly or it's not silly. It's a command of God. It's what he said to do. James 5.13 says, is there any among you suffering? Let him pray. Talk to God. Talk to God. First Thessalonians 5.17. Many of you know what it says. Pray without what? Ephesians 6, 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. It's a command of God. He's commanded us to do this thing. Secondly, understand that prayer is hearing. We know that prayer is talking to God, but prayer is hearing. Hearing. John eight forty seven says, he who is of God hears God's words. Watch this now, watch. He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Mm. Mm. Are you hearing God? I didn't say it, John said it. Mark four twenty four says he turned to them talking about Jesus and said, take heed what you hear. Because with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, you who hear more will be given. Your desire should be to hear. Not a magic formula. What is God saying? Faith comes by, talk to me, somebody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not just hearing anything. What does the word say? The word says it. God's speaking it to you. Rem a word. First John 5 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us according to his will. It's a command of God. Prayer is hearing number three. Prayer is patience. Prayer is patience sometimes. Come on. Psalm 37, 7 and 9 says, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Listen to me, God knows how to do it. I know you think you know how to do it. You wanna take a shortcut through the temple. I know you wanna do whatever it is you think you wanna do with the stock market and finances or whatever it is, but I'm telling you, God knows how to do it. God knows how to do it. Later this year, we're gonna have, have a sermon series on biblical finances. Come on, God doesn't shy away from finances. <laughs> He doesn't shy away from it. It's just as important as grace. It's just as important as forgiveness. It's just as important as anything God will ever say in this Bible. And so sometimes it's just waiting, even though you think you know how to do it. God knows how. Listen, you, Joshua, let's go back to Joshua real quick. I know this. I probably could quote the scripture but I, without looking at it, but I want to read it right to you. Joshua 1.8, you know it. It says, the book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, always speaking about the word of God, come on, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all, Here's the, here it is, all, all, all that is written in it, for then, who's gonna make you prosperous? You will make your way prosperous, and you will have, and I love this right here, good success. Don't be envious of other success. Every success is not good success, but God's success is good success. Sometimes you just got to wait, pray, believe, and wait for the manifestation. But in this microwave Xbox age, we don't want to wait. I can get there now. I can send an email. I can send a text. I can send a text right now, and it'll get to Abigail. 8000 miles from here right now might wake her up because it's 1121 at night it'll get to her right now we don't want to wait God said wait sometimes prayer is waiting sometimes it's waiting sometimes it's waiting prayer that works first of all pray according to scripture pray according to scripture many in the bible prayed according to scripture Including Jesus. Jesus quoted Scripture many times. When he prayed, sometimes he prayed according to Scripture. Prayer that's effective and prayer that works puts it in God's hands and it keeps it there. Here's the problem with when we pray sometimes prayer is waiting. Sometimes we pray and we we act like we put it in God's hands, but after a couple days we go start doing stuff. Stuff that God didn't tell us to do. What did His Word say? I want to do what you say do, Lord. Prayer that is deliberate. Be deliberate with your prayer. Don't be half-hearted. I know I've, I've said this sometimes. I've said I know that we're so busy and sometimes, uh, you know, w- with God, we can't sit down and have a full meal. Maybe we need some fast food. Maybe we just need to, to read a couple of Psalms, uh, but at least spend some time with God. But I want to tell you something. God wants us to be deliberate. My wife says something all the time. She says, you know what? People do what they want to do. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what it means? It means you make a priority what you want to make a priority. And I know I'm busy. (laughs) I know we're busy. But this is my conviction. You do what you want to do. You know, you complain, I'm so busy. I'm so busy and I, I can't do this and I can't do that. I tell my son, you know, I, I, dad, I just couldn't get the, I just couldn't get the essay uh, in because, you know, I had this after practice and, you know, this neck brace is getting on my nerves and this and that. I said, you know, what, boy, you do what you want to do. You play Xbox. You, you were on the computer playing Justice League. Come on. You watch the Grammys. You watch the NBA All-Star Game. You do what you want to do. You do what you want to do. And so God's saying, listen, make prayer deliberate. Make prayer deliberate. Stop wondering why things are going this way if you're not praying. Make it deliberate. Prayer that is honest. It's true that God knows your heart. Be transparent. When you pray, we know that it's not revealing to God. And so it's not that that, that God doesn't know what you're going to pray, but it's that you pray is what God appreciates. There there are many times when my kids came to me or to their mother. I already knew what was going on. But it's just the fact that they came to me that I appreciated. Now we can work together. Now we can reason together. Now I can help you. But I already knew what was going on. I'm just waiting on you to come to me. Prayer from a pure heart. This means you have forgiven others and you have asked for forgiveness when you go before God. Prayer that is fervent. That means passionate prayer. That just simply means you mean what you say. And you say what you mean when you're before God. He already knows what's on your heart. Prayer, watch this one. Prayer that seeks to understand first. We often don't do that. Lord, I, I just got to tell you what happened today. But first, let's go and try to understand what's going on in this situation. What is, how do I need to respond? Know that there is a reason. And sometimes instead of asking God to change your situation, ask him, how do I respond in this situation? How am I supposed to respond in this situation, Lord? How do I respond? Prayer that expresses reverence. We talked about this. God's the almighty God. And then prayer in the name of Jesus. Prayer in the name of Jesus. Do I really need to go into that? Prayer in the name of Jesus. Jesus said anything you ask in my name. That I will do. This is John 14, 13 and 14. That the Father may be glorified. He always has the why. He always has the why. If you ask anything in my name. Now, these Jesus' words, folks. This is not... What do we say? Sloppy, agape, prosperity, gospel that is off the rails. It's not, this is Jesus speaking. Whatever you want to call it. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You have to ask it in my name though. That means you have to know me. You got to know me. You have to know me. So he's saying, come to me, come to me. I will do it. We know there's different types of prayer. There's prayers of supplication. We know there's prayer of thanksgiving. But there's also intercessory prayer. And I want to say something about intercessory prayer. Intercession is simply an act of intervening on someone's behalf, on the behalf of another. It's what intercession is. Now I've heard a lot of talk over the years about intercession and intercessors. And the Bible may not necessarily speak about a specific gift of specific intercession in terms of being a spiritual office, like the office of a prophet. But I believe that God would certainly lead those who would be committed to praying on behalf of others to be intercessors. Not just say, I'll pray for you, because all of us do that. All of us do that. But I'm talking about those who would be committed to it, an intercessor. Sometimes you need an intercessor. You need an intercessor to pray for you. Sometimes you need to be an intercessor. Not just say, I'll pray for you. Come on. There's corporate prayer. Now, can I say something without you being offended? It's interesting. And as I always say, talking to myself, it's interesting how you do what you want to do certain concerts come into town, we'll spend $60, $100 on that. Certain show, I mean, I won't even tell you, I, I took my wife to see a Broadway musical on her birthday about three years ago. I don't even, to, I, she don't even know how much it cost. It was a lot, it was a lot, because it was on Broadway in New York. Same play is coming here, by the way. And uh, we do those things. We'll go to an IU basketball. I remember when I first moved to Bloomington, IU basketball tickets, you couldn't get one. I said, I'd like to go to an IU basketball game. They said, that's great. It was 1996. They said, you might get a ticket for 2000. It's sold out till 2000. People got season tickets. You do what you want to do. You figure out a way to do what we want to do. But call a prayer meeting. Call a prayer meeting at church. The thing that really changes circumstances. The thing that really changes hearts. The thing that really changes what Planned Parenthood is doing. The thing that really changes what the enemy is doing in our city, in our state, in our country. The thing that changes what the enemy is doing to our politics and our economy. The thing that will change what the enemy is doing with disasters all around the world. We won't come to. I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking about the church. Hope that makes you feel better. In our own personal lives, we go through things. What is it? Finances. Relationships. Things that are the offenses to us that, 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 that hurt us. And we just don't understand why, but we won't pray. God said, take some time in the morning to pray to pray to pray there's private prayer in your closet in matthew 6 6 jesus said but you when you pray go into your room and when you have shut the door pray to your father who is in a secret place and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly you don't want to get up before everybody and admit everything that you did it's okay go into your closet god said that's all right There's a prayer of consecration. That means to make or declare something sacred, to dedicate formally for a divine purpose, much like your prayer closet, but really with a specific intensity. I'm consecrating myself. I'm thinking of nothing else. The phone is off. The TV's off. I don't care if a fire breaks out, God's just going to save me like the Hebrew boys in the furnace. I don't care what happens. I'm consecrating myself. And then there's a prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, a prayer with believing and expectation. That's a prayer of faith. If you don't pray with expectation, you're not praying the prayer of faith. If You're a Christian. You've prayed the prayer of faith, believe it or not. If you're a Christian, you have to have faith to be saved. How can I believe in someone I don't see? Confess with your mouth. The Bible doesn't say just confess with your mouth because we say a lot of things. I can say a lot of stuff, but believe in your heart. And when you can, if you believe it in your heart and you confess it, you've, you've said a prayer of faith. You said a prayer in faith. So you can do it. James 5, 13 and 15, healing and salvation, forgiveness of sins. Pray the prayer of faith. Over in Matthew 9, 29 and Mark 34, Jesus said these words to someone who was healed, according to your faith, according to your faith, let it be done. And we'll get into faith a little bit more next time. So why pray? Is it silly? Is it just a mystical, magical? Believers are able to draw near to God when you pray strengthening your relationship because that's what it's all about believers are able to learn more of his will for their lives and believers are able to understand what their response should be that's why you pray what's the point what is the point of prayer the point of prayer is communication and strengthening your relationship with god everything else flows out of that all of the change flows out of that what's the point to prayer relationship is the point Relationship is the point. What is important is that we have relationship with the Lord through prayer the way that he desires it. Prayer helps to improve your relationship with God. Nothing and no one is higher or more important than our relationship to God. God is life and God makes life worth living. Why should we pray? Why should we pray?